proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. Connor, we've finally got a rally coming up this weekend. We've been talking a lot already, but we're finally going to see some action on the stages. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a long time. Yeah. Uh, great to see World Championship back and, you know, traditional starting place and we're better than Monte Carlo this weekend. Yeah, just one disappointment. Weather's not in our favour. Looks like it's going to be dry. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be another dry tarmac rally, you know. And that was yeah. the whole idea of moving it back to Gap was there going to be a good chance of snow. Yeah, I think there'd been high hopes that, you know, once they got up into the mountains around Gap, mm-hmm. but it uh, just doesn't seem to be the case. It's it's There's been a bit of snow, but nothing much. So it just means by the looks of things, it might just be a bit of heavy frost, maybe a bit of ice. But mm-hmm. on the whole, it's looking like the stages are going to be dry, which... The other problem that brings us is pollution on the roads. It's going to be mud and stones everywhere. Yeah, because I, I was even seeing a wee video over there from Shakedown there. We're talking now, it's Wednesday evening, you know, and the Shakedown, and like the amount of gravel, and even just after each car goes through, the cuts these guys make is just something else. Yeah, it is. And again, because I suppose the rally was based on the fact that it probably would be snowy, they don't have the same anti-cuts that we've seen throughout the most of last year. So there will be deep cuts where possible. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, I suppose we should say in this episode here, we would catch up with uh, Paul Murphy, who is one of the engineers in the Toyota Gazoo uh, World Rally team. And we also then catch up with Matt Edwards, who is looking forward to a year in the Tarmac Championship. And then finally, is Sean Hyde, the new Tarmac Championship ma- uh, Rally Manager too. So... Another very interesting episode ahead. But yeah, Connor, it's like dry tarmac. It's going to be then one of the first guys on the road. It's going to be starting off favourite then. Absolutely. Um, certainly road position is going to help. Um, so that that's going to play into Elvin Evans's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tannock, quickest in shakedown. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, getting, getting into a car, going back to the team, getting used to a new car again, and a car that was previously built around or engineered around Terry Neville and and yet Tannock set the pace already. Yeah, I like, you know, Tannock is one of them guys who just seems to, you know, if the car is nearly right, he can extract it out of it, you know. So, um, yeah, um, it's hard to know. It's If things start falling in Tannock's favour and start to click, we know how frighteningly fast they can be. Yeah, extremely fast. Now, in fairness, Monty hasn't been kind to him the last few years. He's had issues. He's had problems. He's had, ex- you know, exclusions from um, poor tire strategy, all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, I, you know, he's long overdue. Things have settled for him. The issues that he had, you know, in his own personal life of, uh, you know, they're not there to the same extent anymore. He, he's, you know, maybe made decisions where he wants to be and, and how much time he has left to get his championship uh you know potential or the, the the driver's title back and uh you know 
I would say he is very well settled and very content to come back to a different Hyundai team. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, we spoke about this and we spoke to Bex and looked there a couple of weeks ago, like Hyundai is a different team than the team he left. Yeah, very, very much so. So it will be very interesting. And again, you know, Cyril has said to the team manager, there will be team orders, but they won't be decided until into the season till they see how the cards lie. So it really is. It's a it's going to be a dogfight between Neville and Tanak for dominance in that team. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like OJ's back as well to, you know, start of his campaign, Monte Carlo. We're, we're still not really sure how many rounds he's doing. Will it be the same as last year? Will it just be the eight rounds or, you know, how will that shake out as well too? And like, it's hard to look past OJ and and up, especially with the stages up round gap. But then he's running quite a bit further back too, which may be a bit of a hindrance on, on the first day anyway. Absolutely. Look, he is the, the, the master of Monte. You know, it's his home rally. He is an absolute star in that event. He's led the way so many times in the past. But you're right. Normally, road position would be favourable here when it's snowy and icy. Not this time round. He is going to have to deal with a lot of mud, a lot of stones out. And we see, we you know, we've seen in other rallies how quickly that pollution can really dirty the road and, and make it difficult once you're kind of running fourth or fifth down the road. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tough for him on, the, on, on day one, especially. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, like... Uh... Evans, you know, he had the injury he was carrying there before Christmas and all. But going by the talk, he seems to be well settled again and ready to rock. Yeah, like, you know, very unfortunate. Fell off a mountain bike while he's just, you know, out doing his training. Thankfully, he's recovered quite well and doesn't seem to have, you know, he's had, between the test days and the shakedown, doesn't seem to be causing any issues, doesn't seem to be in any pain or any difficulty driving. So that's great. It's just a case of how quickly can he get sorted and settled in that car it does you know we've seen since he moved to the the the, the rally one hybrids hasn't just settled into the car as well he had a better year last year than the previous year but hopefully with the you know coming on the back of a win in japan okay it was a couple of months ago but that should be huge confidence boost for him going into monty yeah, for sure. And talking to another man who, you know, should be taking great confidence out of uh, Japan was uh, Takamoto as well, too, who had a fantastic run in Japan. And hopefully he can keep that confidence high going into Monte Carlo now this weekend as well. Absolutely. And, you know, could play into his hands. We're looking at a dry Monte. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you look at Japan, what he did and, and torrential rain in Japan, fairly wet conditions took, oh, off the top of my head, nine stage wins. So, you know, if he, he carries that form into Monte Carlo, that, uh, you know, could bode well for, for maybe getting a podium possibly here. Mm -hmm. And then Mickelson making the return to Hyundai as well too. You know, he's not obviously, I don't think he's going to be on the podium pace straight away. But, you know, he will, you know, as the season progresses, he will take points off his up, you know, maybe off to them one thing or another. It's just hard to know how it'll all fare out. But, you know, Andreas and his day can be as quick as anybody. It may take him a few, a few events just to get the, the speed to where it needs to be. Absolutely. Look, he's got to adjust to a new car, but, you know, he's a previous WRC winner. Look at what he's done in Rally 2, WRC 2 for the last two seasons. Um, Like, you know, Mr. Consistency and no issue there. He knows how to turn the pace. He knows how to steady himself and have a controlled rally as well. And he doesn't lose the head when he's under pressure. That's for sure. That's for sure. And then finally, you know, M Sport as well, too. Um, new lineup this year, like uh, for Mo and, and Monster, you know, a bright young team there, you know, but like, 
has the car been developed from last year? You know, Jamie told you, that, you know, car will be continuously developed, you know, towards the end of last year. Be interesting just to see how they compare now. You know, it's a big ask for them two young guys now to step up to that, to the, the ultimate WRC pace. Yeah, look, there's big pressure there. Like, Formo took a year out to go back to WRC too, to steady himself, to get more experience, just to, you know, refine his rally craft, which he did extremely well. You know, he did very well in WRC too, and he took the BRC honours as well. So, you know, he's he's got good experience Again, under, you know, Malcolm Wilson's, uh, you know, uh, uh, management or, or, you know, coaching or mentoring to, to get him settled. So, look, I would say the team's extremely confident of returning uh, of, of or Adrian returning to for, to the rally one. Um, but it's a tough ask. It's still a small team on a tight budget. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you call it? It's very hard to go for a driver's title when you really have only, you know, one strong contender there. And, and no real support from 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 your teammate, you know, Gregor Munster. Yeah, good driver, solid driver. But again, he is still, you know, he's fairly new and young in, mm-hmm. in, in the sport. And Rally 1, this is, apart from a couple of runs last year, it's all new to him. Yeah, but I have to say, it, it was very impressive in the couple of runs he had last year. You know, he settled in with, as a, you know, as a Rally 1-er this year. No, I don't think he is. But I, I, I think as the, as the year progresses, you know, he will start nipping at, the, you know, maybe... Fourth, fifth, you know, around that there, and hopefully that will give them the confidence then to push on. Absolutely, I suppose what what M Sport need to come up with is upgrades to the engine. Really, now the Puma needs to get that extra, you know, couple of k at top end speed to to really help them. Mm-hmm. And you know, then you know, the real big news coming out of Monty Two, I suppose, is you know, in Rally Two, is that the, the Yaris is making finally, you know being released and you know competitively we've seen the videos of a test and one thing or another to actually see it now you know at the clock ticking now it's going to be very interesting like this car there's been a lot of hype about it and you know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the yaris this weekend you're right like you know when you think it's it's only a wrc2 car and i say that you know tongue-in-cheek only the amount of hype there has been the amount of you know, expectation around a WRC two car. Like it's incredible. That's for sure. That's for sure. And like I caught up with Paul Murphy. Uh, you know, he is one of the engineers behind the Gazoo Toyota team. And just to get his thoughts on the Rally One and especially on the Rally Two program. Looking forward to the twenty twenty four season now. Yeah, yeah, you're always looking forward to it because yeah, there's a bit of a change now with um things have changed. Kelly's not there to do a full season, Tanix in a Hyundai, so there's more to think about. We have to. We just have to get back to the grindstone, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, looking ap- apprehensive, but looking forward to it. Yeah, is, is there always the, the you know the worry that you know like the, like Hyundai will have found something that you know that will make a massive difference to their car, or is it the the regulations have almost got to the point now that it's more fine tuning than actually turning something up new? I suppose they found Tannock, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big step for them. Um, there always is that thing. You, you, we kind of know what's coming for, for them because, you know, every team gets a preview of what uh, what jokers they're going to use. Uh, what So we kind of know what, what's coming from their side. Um, okay, there's always the, always the parts that you don't know if they found performance somewhere from unlocked a bit of performance from something from somewhere um and yeah there's always that but um 
Uh, I suppose their their biggest problem was, I suppose, reliability. So if they've got some reliability and get some consistency and and they can put a, string a few more wins together, then they'll put a bit of pressure on us. Yeah, because you have to say, since Searle come into the team last year, they have they, they seem to have refined the team a lot more. It seems to be things are a lot smoother look from the outside looking in anyway. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, look, yeah, looks like that. Let's see what the reality is. Yeah, for sure. And like you know, from your own point of view, as like I know there was an upgrade at the tail end of last year with the Toyota. Is there anything we can we expect that from you now going in at early twenty twenty four? Yeah, well, I think it was publicised that we have upgrades coming for 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 the third rally, which is Kenya. Uh, so we have a fairly decent upgrade coming for that. Um, and yeah, we're always working on. There's nothing. I wouldn't say there's anything major coming from Monty. Uh, it's more about get Monty's more about getting the tire choice correct and staying on the road. And um, I can show you your uh, notes are correct, your gravel notes are correct, and yeah, you're, you're more interested in the tire choice there than anything else. So um, not so much coming from Monty, but um, there is a, there was a few upgrades at the end of last year which not all cars had in in Japan. So all cars will have those upgrades now in Monty. Um, so yeah. We'll see how that uh, that plays out. Yeah, and like Monty this year is based in Gap, and like you just have the man, the man from the town as well. <laughs> there has to be an ace up the sleeve there as well. I hope so. He's like, uh, I forget now how many times he's uh, won it to be on. Uh, eight or nine times he's won the, the rally now. You know. So, mm-hmm. Oh, but that's look. He, he has to. He still has to finish like everybody else. So it's, it could be a different rally this year. You know, if there's a lot of snow, if it's uh, if it's a lot more trickier this year, it uh, could be uh, could be a different outcome. Yeah, like isn't that always you know the very first rally of the year and like you know Monty provides a completely different challenge to any other event. It can be so much of a lotto because you know the tire choice, as you say, is just so vital. Yeah. Tire choice is vital, and uh, and managing your, I suppose, managing your pace, and uh, <clears throat> you know, not not risking too much, and uh, I suppose, yeah, just uh, having a, a steady run, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> not doing anything silly, mm-hmm. getting to the end, and uh, I think that that'll be the key. Uh, from what I've from what I've heard is that if there's no snow this year, then there'll never be snow on Monty because I think that. What I've heard is the organisers have actually went to try and find snow, you know, so they've looked for altitude and um, so there's there should be plenty of snow and ice from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And like we're at that, you know, period of the season, we're seeing lots of videos coming through from testing and one thing or another. And like, like I don't know, I've never been to Monty, but it seems such a like a, a climate all of its own. Like one section of the, the road can be bone dry next you know next corner can be icy the next corner there can be snow on it yeah and that's where the gravel notes come in though the safety notes come in you know it's uh they play a big role in monty and and getting the information back to the crews and you know really pinpointing where the uh where the ice is and and where the where 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 there's no ice where there's no snow they and they, they really help us as well on the team to, you know to select the tires mm-hmm. and they so they play a vital role um, yeah it's a, it's a tricky rally it's probably yeah for sure it's the trickiest of the year 
Yeah, and like you know, even then for like the setup of the car, like is there is there like a an almost a like a Monty spec setup as well that you have to play it a wee bit safe as well? Yeah, you play it safe and you find a happy medium and you you find ways to tweak the car in what you can do between stages. You know, but obviously you can't make any major changes between stages, but for sure you find ways to tweak the car depending on what tires is on the car at the time. If you've crossed, if you have stood, if you have um, if you have a slick, you know, okay, bigger changes like that can be made in service depending on the bigger range of tire choices. But if you're if you're going from a four eight four same tires on the car to a cross, there is some small changes yeah you can make on the car concerning preloads, roll bars, things like that. Yeah. And like a stupid question, probably from Nick. No, you'll think this is stupid, but you know, crossing tires will it make such a, a huge difference to the the handling of the car through a stage? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so but these, guys, these guys can uh, cope with it. That's the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so they can they they test it and they 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 know what the car is going to do and. Uh, okay, they have their own theories on where they want the cross if they want it on stood on the rear left or the rear right. So, you know, they have their own theory on what they want to do on that. But um, yeah, they they uh, let's say they they're well versed in driving cross. Yeah, is it almost like a a, a a driver's choice? Like the you know there'd be no like Elfin might not pick the same way across them as Sebastian or whatever. It's down to just driver preference, really. Well, it was when I was there. But when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've got a bit more scientific about it in the last four or five years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the other big thing about coming up now in Monte is the debut, competitive de- debut of the, the Rally 2 Toyota. Um, mm-hmm. like, I suppose all the tests and everything else, but you never really know until the clock starts ticking at the start of the, uh, the first special stage. Yeah, that's... Uh... I suppose that's that is a bit nerve wracking. It is exciting at the same time because it will be interesting really to see where we are in the pace. But I suppose Monty's not the best one to to see that. But it's more about uh, we'll probably see more about the reliability there um, because yeah, you're, you're you've there's a whole new structure. It's a whole new car. You're you're building cars for production. Uh, you're finding you know I think everybody would agree that when you build something one or two times you can do it very well but when you start to do it for production so it's making sure the customer gets the best car and built specification and no reliability issues but that's going to be that's interesting i was just looking at the entry there i think i think we're the fourth the second highest uh manufacturer the number of cars right yes and skoda have the most i, I lost count when i counted skoda but then we have four <laughs> i think hyundai have three Ford of three, um, what's the other one? Volkswagen of three, uh-huh. and we have four. Yeah, and like you know, that speaks volumes for like people's perception that Toyota's going to build a good car. So that like even in its own way will build put pressure on that the car has to be yeah. right from the get go. Well, that's the expectation we put on ourselves. To be honest, it was we've got to build a good car. Um, you know, we weren't just we didn't want to just make up the numbers so and, and just get a car out there we wanted a, the best car out there um yeah there is a lot of hype around it i think there's it's well a lot of expectation around it uh, mm-hmm. it's been it's been in the 
it's been in the back, you know, it's been in the background for a long, long time, even back as far as 2017. I can ask pe- remember people asking, oh, when's the, I think it was um, uh, Rally, um, no, R5 back then. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. <laughs> they were asking, like, when's the Toyota coming, when's the Toyota Rally 3 coming, when's, it's, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's here now. Let's see how good a job we've done. Yeah, and like this, this is such a new departure for Toyota. Like right from the, even the TTE days, they never really had a customer team the way like the Pro Drive or whatever would have had that. You know, like mm-hmm. this, this is a like a complete new departure, and like obviously that brings its new challenges as well. Like there's obviously a, a production line almost of these being built a, along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole new department. It's a whole new workshop. It's new new warehouse, new trucks, new build area, new people. And new processes, so um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big undertaking to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big. Suppose I would say getting the car out there was probably is probably the easy part. The support, the you know, the parts supply, the support, the engineering support. That's probably going to be the mm-hmm. getting getting parts to customers. I suppose is going to be the uh, the key to make sure it's successful. You know, you can have the car. The car can be quick, but. If if one if you're not getting the parts to the cost to the customers and customers not happy, then how quick the car is is usually it's irrelevant then, really, isn't it? Yeah, if there's if there's issues around supply and like you know like Paul Murphy, what you know like was he involved in the the design the concept of this car then as well? Not really, yeah, concept not really. Um, more so the uh, let's say drivetrain. Transmissions, mm-hmm. uh, so any, everything basically from flywheel to wheel to the to the hub. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of my area. Um, so transmission selection is part of that. Uh, you know, there's there's not many, there's not so many suppliers in the in the rally two world, so it's it's quite easy to select certain suppliers um, from. For certain parts, so um, yeah, but it's 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 um, it was a lot of work last last two years actually mm-hmm. since since rally since we homologated rally one in end of twenty twenty one it's been sort of flat out on because you always have your your development reliability issues on on a new car even on rally one and then it was straight into so twenty twenty two was sorting that out and through twenty twenty two and then rally two was coming online early part of twenty twenty two and then. You know, we get into testing end of twenty two, so it's pretty much been flat out. But to be honest, probably since the last time I spoke to you. <laughs> and like, as like, I remember the time that the R five Fiesta was introduced. Now I, I spoke to Robert Barable. He was one of the, the first guys to have one here in Ireland, and he was yeah. saying that like this was a completely different car from you know the the world car the world rally world yeah. rally car Fiesta. Is it the the is there a, are they similar? Is there very little similarities between the, the, the Rally 1 and the Rally 2 car? Uh, not really, to be honest. Um, in terms of parts, no. Um, maybe seats. <laughs> <laughs> the badge in the front. <laughs> yeah, the badge. Okay, things like bonnet doors. Uh, tailgate, yes, they're from the road car. Um, but uh, even wheels, to be honest, are, are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it caught me on the hop actually. I, I'm trying to think now, there's 
there's not many similar in terms of parts and structure and how we've done it. No, I wouldn't say there's there's mm -hmm. so many similar. There, can, there can't really be because it's you know a price sensitive car and you're you're trying to, everything has a, a lot of parts of a cost cap and you still have to think about the profit and the car has the car has to be profitable. The, the business of selling these cars has to be profitable. So. Mm -hmm. um, no, not so many similarities between the yeah. cars. I, and I suppose they have to be as well, you know, it's not going to be just the works team working on them. They have to be probably more, in inverted commas, easier to work on as well too, because, you know, they'll yeah. be filtering down through the, the anti-privateer hands and all too. It'll have to be easier to work on, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the Rally 1 car is difficult to work on, but... Uh, you know the guys can practice on that quite a lot, and they, they get to know the car. So any any like niggles we have, they can find a way around them. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I would say you're right. The Rally Two car definitely has to have to be user friendly. Mm -hmm. And like what you know, like you know, we hear about M Sport, like, and they have like five hundred Fiestas or whatever produced. What is to this hope? Like, uh, you know, is there like a an infinite number of these, or do they intend building only two hundred, or is is there a kind of infinite number on them? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I can't imagine that there's a limit. Um, I, can, I can't imagine there's a limit. Like, I mean, we're, there's a there's a long term plan for Toyota uh, in uh, in Finland. So, um, yeah, I can't see that they're going to put a limit on this. You know. Mm -hmm. It'll depend on how quickly you can get parts in the door and, and customer demand. If the, if the demand's there, the next thing will be how quickly we can build them. Mm -hmm. And, and like, that's always an issue in the in the current market. You know, you it's just getting getting materials, getting parts, getting enough parts in the door to build the to build the cars is, is always tricky. Yeah, because like I know the Skoda, like the, the thing they brought, they had to actually delay it, didn't it? Because COVID and one thing or another, the the supply chain mm. had kind of broken down. Like, and I don't even think it's fully probably you know fully back up to speed I, I suppose that's an issue for you guys as well too that you want to make sure that the supply chain's there before you you go out at full hog either yeah. too. You, you could you can you can always count uh, enough parts to build more cars but then you don't have parts to supply a spare parts so you have to sort of balance the two of them between spare parts and building cars mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but yes yeah, i wouldn't say the supply chain i'd say it's getting back to where it was but i wouldn't say it's back to where it was yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. definitely not yeah and like you know you've probably run the figures and you know you've done looked at all the data and all like how useful is like not probably not how useful is it how accurate can that be if never the car actually hits, hits the ground like is there always something turns up that the, the all the data just doesn't pick up so always something turns up always always the unexpected always something new yeah that's <laughs> it's just the joys of rallying <laughs> It's just that there's always something. Um, yeah, and I suppose like because you are like you know a, a reactive team, you are able to you know if you see something, you are able to react to it very quick and put the processes in place to hopefully prevent it happening again. Yeah, yeah, you have to be reactive. You have to be able to react very quickly. Uh, it's one of the things that's quite key in the company is that if we need to react quickly, uh, we can and we will. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ah, you have the freedom and the the, the the okay to do it as such, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So exactly. like, and you know, you said Monty's not going to be the, probably the ideal, you know, uh, guide to where the pace is at. 
like this car has to be quick on tar, it has to be quick on gravel, it has to be quick on snow. Like it has to be quick in Ireland. It has to be quick in Ireland. <laughs> That's it. You know, this is going to be the is it like how do you do you is like how do we again put it? Do you have to whenever you're engineering a car, do you have to take in all these different factors? You know, you don't just go for like the ultimate setup. Oh, this will be this will just work so well in tarmac, but in the back of your head, this won't work in gravel. Or is there like a is there always a sort of like a compromise? Well, there's always a compromise because of the regulations, and there's always a compromise with your concept, your concept car. So yes, there's always a compromise, but. Uh, yes, you can have a car that works very well on tarmac or not so well on gravel, or a car that works very well on gravel and not so well on tarmac. Usually, if you have a car working well on, I would say, easier to make a car work well on tarmac if it's working well on gravel than the other way around. Okay. Um, but, I mean, we, we put drivers in the car to give us feedback who have experience of all the cars, and we rely, you know, we rely on what they're telling us, and for sure, you never know until you go into competition. But for sure, what we can see, the feedback is good. You know, we've compared to other cars; the feedback's good. Um, or so we're hopeful that the car is very good. But you never know until you get into competition. Yeah, um, and I suppose because the you know the rally or R five rally two regulations have been and you know been in existence now for so long. It's it is difficult to find that magic, you know, the 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 golden bullet as such. You know, there's because restrictions are so tight. We've seen all like the, you know the cars are so close, and mm. you're not you're not going to find a second a, a kilometer out and over. It's going to be every tenth of a second is going to be hard one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how it is, and that's how it's always been in that category. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there's okay, there's. There's better cars than others. We've seen that. We know that. Uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Do we make a step, or or are we if we make a step compared to the others, or if we're pretty on par with the Skoda, or if we're you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see where we are. That's what I'm looking forward to. I suppose the most. Yeah, because like I suppose like competition drives you. It makes you want to see if you can find something that will make that wee fraction of a difference in every kilometer. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing now in front of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure, and maybe we'll catch up with you later in the year just to see how the development is going, both on the Rally One and in the Rally Two car. Yeah, that's all right, no problem. So, thanks very much to Paul, and we'll definitely try and catch up with him later in the season. I think that, you know it's going to be very interesting to see how this year's gets on now and now that we're finally going to see it in competition. Um, also, this, well, not this weekend, next weekend, we have Galway coming up and there's been a few announcements made about, you know, who's going to be coming out for the, to register for the Tarmite Championship and it's fantastic, you know, to see uh, Keith Cronin back and Matt Edwards. Um, I think they're going to add a wee bit more spice, Connor, to the, the championship this year. Ah, oh, listen, look, the more drivers, the merrier. We always say that every year, but I'm delighted, delighted to see Keith um genuinely you know because with i suppose him doing the brc championship the last couple of years it's kind of been looking at videos and looking at photos but not getting to see him in real life so uh, it's fantastic now they get a chance to see him out in the stages and then matt edwards i suppose 
you know, the last two years we've been itching to see Matt and Donegal, but to think that he's actually going to take on the whole Irish Tarmac Championship now, that's just fantastic. It's really going to throw the competition up to another level, I think. Absolutely. You know, you know, Callum and Josh, are, you know, and the, all the other guys have two more guys that's going to be there. We keep saying that there's this top 10, everybody's looking at that going to the start, thinking at least the podium. This is more numbers looking for, you know, going there. Like, the, the, the goal we entry lists out and it's phenomenal like the number of guys you're thinking there's a guy that's not going to be far away there's another boy that's not going to be too far away either you know and that goes right down through right you know down to into the early 20s yeah listen i i think it's a real fantastic mix of an entry as well when you look like yeah you know, even when you look at it and you see austin McHale, you know it's like just incredible that the mixture of competitors are on that event or on that entry list yeah you know like to see the you know we've seen the McHale name back you know but to see austin's name back like that is yeah. you know cutty epic and then and the uh, focus wrc as well too that is going to be something special you know um We'll talk more about, you know, the Galway and the ins and outs of it all next week, but I caught up with Matt Edwards to say and get his thoughts on why, you know, what was the appeal of the Tarmac Championship. So, Matt, as we're at this stage, just over a week away from the start of Galway, um, you've raced for the Championship and you're going to be in the, the start list there for Galway. What an epic lineup there's going to be. It, it does look a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> um... We've actually managed to get there as well this time. This is, the, you know, we we've tried a couple of times the last two or three years to to start Galway, um, fallen at the final hurdle a couple of times. But yeah, with the help of you know a lot of people involved, we we are actually making plans to go, and we've got a plan to go and do a recce and everything now. So yeah, exciting, <laughs> exciting list of names, as you say. Yeah, like and you've stated over now the last post two three years now at this stage your desire to come and compete in Ireland and you wanted to tackle a full turnout championship like you've, you're a three-time British champion what has been the appeal that makes you want to come to Ireland and compete I, I've always watched a lot of the British championship and Irish championship videos I suppose is one of the one of the reasons and I've always held the events with high regard and you know Killarney, West Cork and Donegal they're, they're all big events that I've you know I've always watched and wanted to be part of and, you know, to be doing goal starting the event that the, the year we go away, um, you know, traditional events, you know, a bit of a bobble hatter at heart. So to go and do these big, big events in Ireland is, is on the, on the list. Um, and I suppose the limitation of budget means to go outside of UK and Ireland is, is a big stretch for me. Obviously this is a big enough stretch as it is, but, to try and get back into a championship campaign after two or three years out is 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 really difficult. Um, so to try and go and do anything beyond that was wasn't even you know was was nowhere near realistic. Um, I would have happily gone and done British Championship again, to be honest, just to to go out and do a championship. And you know, I love I love rallying. Is the end of, and at the end of the day, so to be out doing anything is you know is, is a bonus. And you know to to put something together to come to Ireland. I think off the back of you know some good results over the last well over the years in Ireland has you know generated quite a lot of support from there and it to be honest it's proved more successful trying to raise the budget with contacts in Ireland than it has as at home so yeah uh, because like you know in the last the last two years now you you know you've been working with Pirelli and uh, Dave Moynihan and all that you know helping guys out with their tire selection in Ireland too and. You know, you've really took. You know, you've really taken that job very seriously. You know, you're out driving your rig in the stages. You're getting a feel for it, and you're. You know, 
you know, you're giving the guys real good feedback for what tires to you. And I think that's standing to you that people have got to know you, got to trust you, they know that you're there for the right reasons. Yeah, they might not listen, but they, <laughs> they've got to know me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do take that very seriously. And, you know, Pirelli have been good to me in the British Championship and the relationships built from there. And obviously got Dave to know Dave through that and Jonathan Wells at Pirelli through the course of that that championship. So the opportunity to come and do that job for Pirelli in Ireland was, was a great opportunity for me, um, again, to, to repay you know some of their efforts they put towards me in years gone by and I've got a lot of faith in the brand to be honest I am you know I'm passionate about the brand I trust it implicitly and like I suppose we should mention too your other thing you know the the, the coaching as well like the Irish really have taken you to heart there as well too you, you know you spend quite a lot of time over here now with the yeah. training and all as well too so I think I did 18 or 19 trips on the ferry last year <laughs> and, you know, between the Pirelli the Pirelli job and and my own tuition so you know, and tying both of those in together at times with the tuition and the Pirelli. But yeah, it's, I, I don't mind the, the traveling. The traveling's part and parcel of, of that way of life, I suppose. Um, and just everybody has a, a really op open mind to, to rallying, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, nobody's afraid of taking new information on board and, and learning a bit. And I think it, it's been really nice to be approached by so many people, you know, quite frequently it's people that I've looked up to in the past have come to me for a bit of help and that that feels really nice and you know I enjoy enjoy working with those sorts of people offering an insight into the rallying that I've done in this sort of generation of R5 Rally 2 cars I think and I think generally people that pick up the phone or send a WhatsApp or whatever they've got an open mind to it and I just really enjoy sort of working with those people and you know, every day is different. Learn, I learn something every time we go out. And I think not having done a championship over the last two, three years to have been so busy in that respect has helped a lot for when I do get back in a car. It doesn't feel so alien, if you like, because um, although I very rarely drive on the on the test days, I'm still thinking and feeling and almost driving it myself from the other seat to then be able to offer advice whether it be car setup or driver co-driver whatever it may be so um it stood me in good stead as well as being obviously a nice way to earn a living yeah because like you know your senses are still fully tuned in you know yep. you're you're feeling the reaction through you know the, the seat of the pants almost like you know we yep. always talk about the driving feeling you know getting that sense through the seat of your pants you're still picking up on that even though you're in the passenger seat yeah exactly yeah and i, I don't think that you know that the longer you are without that sensation, the harder it is to come back. Um, and we did we did the Pirelli test um, with the RA9 compound before Christmas. And I went down the road in one of Ryan Lochran's cars, Fiesta. And it, you know, it did take me a run or two to, to tune in again because I hadn't driven an R5 on tarmac since Donegal. So, you know, that's four or five months at least. Yeah. Um, so it does take a while to tune in. So I think the beauty of this year for me is I haven't got to be 10 tenths on the first stage or the first three stages to to generate a good chance at the championship at the end of the year. It's it's probably suits my methodology and my process a bit better to to have more time to to build up into the year, if you like, and not have to go and do anything special on a one-off event to try and justify my existence again. <laughs> <laughs>
And they, I suppose, they, and, and before we move away from the coaching side of things, the other thing you do is you know you're working even with the guys in the, the junior one thousand there too. I seen you over with a couple of them guys was last week or the week before, and like they are the next generation. You know, like the, the, that whole initiative around that. Like, we've seen what it can do. Like Wall Crichton, you know, junior world rally champion last year started out in that junior one thousand category. Melvin or uh, Elfin Evans started out in the micro. You know, whatever. 15, 16 years ago, like yeah. such, you know, that is the grassroots rally and this is where we need to be getting guys in and getting them involved. Yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm for it. You know, in, you generally you're dealing with a the family there as well. So yeah. it's the father, the son, the, the, the husband, the wife, everybody, everybody is involved. Um, and it may be controversial, but I, I think the only potential downfall of that championship is the focus on time. Because a lot of the young lads and then the young girls there, they're focusing on getting from A to B as fast as possible, which, although is the ultimate aim, the environment that they do it in a lot of the time, you know, with the, on the airfields, and there is more space than they have on the closed roads and the forests. So I think, you know, perhaps there should be a little bit more emphasis on furthest, cleanest, you know, fastest, cleanest, doing. You know, maybe take some sort of damage penalties into account just to try and emphasise the importance on driving neatly and tidily as well as quickly. Um, so that, you know, a lot of these families are on a budget. Um, they could do more rallying for the money they're spending with, sometimes with the amount of damage that's being done. <laughs> so it would just be, you know, it. and, and I think that that idea stems from how I've had to go about my rallying, you know, for the, from since I started, really, because I haven't been able to afford to bend the panel, and you know, to, to damage the cars is a big setback. So, yeah. it's generated a fairly sort of risk-free driving style that I think you know some people could sort of adopt and go further for the budget they've got. Yeah, because I, you know, in the greater scheme of things, you know, if you can get round a rally and do as little damage as possible, it could the difference between doing maybe four events in a year and doing two. Yeah, exactly. That that is exactly, mm -hmm. you know, when when I'm with these when the with these people and it's you know the fastest way to drive a junior one thousand car is effectively keep your foot flat to the throttle and change gear without taking your foot off the <laughs> throttle. But you know, and give it, you know, try not to take your foot off the throttle at all. And but that if you if that was in a two hundred and thirty brake rally four Fiesta or rally four Peugeot. Yeah. you'd be blowing the gearbox and the drive shafts to pieces. Mm -hmm. So it what the fastest way to drive one of the Junior 1000s cars doesn't necessarily translate to any other car they'll ever drive. Yes. Uh -huh. so I think they're better working on their, on their style rather than on their speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh -huh. yeah that's, that's kind of the way I tend to go yeah. about it. Excellent, excellent. So anyway, <laughs> that's for another day's talk. Um, Galway... <laughs> um, like, how excited are you to be, you know, going over Air Square ceremonial start on the Friday night at Galway? Probably not as excited as I should be yet because I feel like there's still a lot to, lot to get in place. Um, it's like as I sort of touched on before, it, it's really exciting to have a, a year, pretty much sorted in a car. Mm -hmm. um, with you know wanting to do it again for a good few years, um, and it's nice to be able to focus on a whole season rather than just one event but there's so many things that are going into it lots of sponsors lots of grades of sponsorship lots of 
things to put in place because effectively myself and Dave and a, a very small number of people are actually making the logistics happen, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've got a lot of things to sort out still for, for getting the first car ready, for, you know, a bit of a seat time and the recce and, you know, where's everybody staying and all, all these sorts of things have come together quite quickly you know, race suits, banners, posters, whatever we're trying to do to maximise the sort of coverage we can get. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to improve my social media because that's obviously a lot, even in the three years since I last did a championship, it's it's come on again as to the, you know, the focus of where it has to be for, for your sponsors and people who are supporting you. And, you know, Marty from CNM has been amazing in what he's done to, to help get it off the ground and he's putting a lot of effort in. Um, and we just want to try and maximise that for everybody involved. So, although the thought of going over the ramp is exciting, that's probably not going to really kick in until Freddie cool. like <laughs> and, and Recky done and ready to go. Because at that point, we probably can't do much else to to affect what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're back in the festival. We spoke last year after the Midland stages, and you said that you were quite happy with the festival the way it was. But I'm guessing the new car is going to have all the latest upgrades, you know, the the new pack that was homologated, and that's going to make it even better. So you you think the Fiesta is going to be ultra competitive come the, the start of Galway? Yeah, I, I hope so. Anyway, I hope it's coming <laughs> with all the right bits on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting to be in a, a brand new car um, with with upgrades since that. Because as you say, I was I was happy and comfortable. We we stayed at a comfortable pace all day in the Midlands because it was the first one back since the. The 22 incident in Donegal, but um, it would just be nice to, if I could get that feeling back from that we had on the Midlands because that was a, you know, I felt comfortable and confident with the car, and if we get somewhere near there, that level of comfort and sort of consistent sensation in the car, I'd, I'd be very happy. And what I think my approach to Galway will be similar to that rally. I think whatever our comfortable, consistent pace will give us in Galway is, is what we'll take away from it. Yeah, because like you will rally your own rally. You'll not be too concerned yeah. about what anybody else is doing. Yeah, I th- and I think having sort of done my homework and understood the conditions and the, the potential for conditions, it's a bit like the Monte Carlo of the Irish Tarmac Championship, yeah. isn't it? The changeability and, you know, you don't have to be the fastest on every stage, as Mary improved last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that suits me better than having to go flat out on bone dry tarmac for three days I think. <laughs> although although when it comes to it i do uh, you know i do manage to find a little bit of a gear for that but you know you're just very aware of the speed you're going at those times yeah and then you know we see you know like all the regular guys there callum you know josh and sam and all and also uh, making a return is uh keith cronin and mickey galvin too like an old sparring partner from your brc days as well yeah, we we swapped many a stage time myself and Keith. Um, yeah, br- brilliant to have him back. You know, I went to see him. It's probably probably twelve months ago now. I last saw him, um, but yeah, we we got on really well, and we've we've had some good times in the last you know probably probably four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it adds a lot of spice to the championship, and in the same car, same tires. So there's there's only one variable there. So uh, that's uh, that's why. I've, Sort of, it's nice to get into that championship mindset again, though, and um, to have something to focus on. Because 
as we said when we were speaking earlier, when when you haven't really got the focus of a championship for me that I've had basically for 20 years of my life, to then not have that, right, we've done that one, we've got to focus on the next one, and then the next one, improve yourself, improve the car, you know, all the work you do that keeps you driving forward to get better, fitter, stronger, all the rest of it. When that drive isn't there or that focus point isn't there, it's, you know, it does, it is a struggle. You you know, you wonder what your purpose is anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you wonder if you're never going to get the chance again. So, you know, it's nice to have the motivation back to go and have a proper crack at something. Yeah, and like you know, you mentioned there earlier was Marty uh, McKenna, like CNM Motors Noma. Like Marty has only in the last you know few years started to sell rally cars, but he has really taken it on board, and he, you know, the the cars he's he's moving and the way he's putting so much effort back into rallying as well. It's not all yeah. take; it's a, it's a lot of give with him as well. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic, you know, and he's he's some fella with his commitment for 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 the sport, his love for the sport. Um, I think I think it's just an excuse to almost be involved in rallying as a job <laughs> rather than just a hobby. I, I think it's it's the ideal scenario, really. You can talk rallying all day, um, <laughs> although you know if you have a bad weekend, it probably isn't isn't quite such a bonus. But um, yeah, he's putting a lot back in, um, which is nice to see. And it, you know, the sport needs people like like Marty to they're going to put something back in, and you know. I'm, everybody tries to do their bit where they can to help out and you know i think that it'll increase the longevity of the sport because ultimately if there's no nobody rallying he's got no customers either you know that's why i put me odd me me few days here and there for the for people that you know think warrant it the odd prize here and there because you know ultimately if there's nobody rallying i've got no customers either yeah so if you put a little bit back in the pot and make it a bit more you know something to aim for, for for other people that's that's important for the future of the sport, I think. Yeah, and like another one we should give a mention to is Dave, your co-driver, Dave Moynihan. Dave, you know, like, he has been the driving force, be, be, you know, behind you getting back again to, like he had the yeah. run on Donegal, he had to get back to Donegal last year, you had to come yeah. with him, and he was adamant he was going to get you in a championship here this year, and, you know, here you are. He is, he is unreal, to be fair, and he, he's, put, he's put a lot of faith in me, he has a lot of faith in me, don't know why, but he does. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's nice to have somebody that's working, you know, with you. You know, I, it has taken me a little bit of time to be comfortable picking up the phone, asking people for, for a bit of help here and there. And, you know, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? You know, how can we make something positive out of it? Because um, I think ultimately I've, I've been around that long and I've had some good success. I think the assumption is, that, it, that the budget's always there and, and it's it's almost I've almost felt quite embarrassed to, to, to begin asking people again for help because you know the assumption is that it, it's it's not a problem but it is a big problem um, there is no um, sort of pot of gold there that I'm just leaving alone for a while I've been looking at, looking for it for again for a while <laughs> but um, no Dave's tenacity is is to be admired really and you know, he's really got me back on the horse trying to, you know, it's not that I wasn't hungry for it, but between the hunger to do it is a big hurdle of finding the finances. And that that's a, you know, it is a, you know, con- not contentious issue, but it's it's a difficult if- issue to discuss with people. And, um, you know, without coming across that you're just trying to take away and, you know, for your own benefit. You know, I'm a firm believer of anybody that helps is, 
you know, need some value out of in whatever way they want it. You know, it could mm -hmm. be, you know, the sticker on the car could be what they want. Some people that help don't want anything on the car. They want, they just want an in-car video afterwards or they want to just talk about it with you after the rally. You know, everybody has their own little takeaway from getting involved. And, you know, we try to, you know, that's why I've never really put a sponsorship proposal together because, you know, that, that one proposal you put together is only really geared for one type of business or one type of agenda. So, you know, we're very open-minded as to what we can do and help people and, anybody that wants a nice quarter panel available on a, mark, on a Fiesta Rally 2 for Galway, there's still space. So. Yeah, like, you know, that, that, this is the thing, the way you're, you know, your approach to rallying is, like, it's, it's not what you can get off people, it's what you can give them back as much as anything else as well. You like, you know, the, the old Irish thing, you know, you do a deal, you always give somebody a look, Penny. You're always, there's always a, 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 a give back from what you, you know, it's not, you give me the money and good luck to you, there's always going to yeah. be like a, a payback somewhere along the way for you. Yeah, and I, I, I don't don't think there's any way other way it should be. To be honest, you know, it's just looking after people, look after you, and I think that's that's the way to go about things. And um, I feel a lot better, you know, going away with a good result. Everybody's happy, and he, but even if I have a bad result, I've still had the opportunity to go and drive a rally two car on a on a fantastic event. And you know, it's a privilege to be in the position that people want to help. And B that I can go to an event and you know generally be quite competitive, you know, early on, and that's it's a nice position to be in, but not to be taken advantage of and you know become expecting of people. Mm -hmm. And if somebody does want to get involved, contact either yourself and or Dave. Social media is probably best place to find you, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook, um, Instagram as well, but you know, we're not we're not generally difficult to get hold of, so. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of space on the car. We, we, we're trying to do it in a way that, you know, spreads the cost a little bit for people. It's like a monthly idea rather than just all in one go. And, you know, just a bit more bite-sized than, than we've had to try and do it for Donegal before, which, and it, again, it just gives us the opportunity to, to give value over a year rather than just one event. And, you know, the, the locality of each event gives a, a, a scope for, for different benefits wherever we go. So that, I think Martin Day is going to definitely put a cat amongst the pigeons there this year, so that's going to be good. Uh, I also got a chance to catch up with Sean Hyde. Sean is the new Tarmac uh, Championship Manager this year, and you know, uh, you know, hopefully he's you know he'll put in place a, a lot of things we talk about as well too. You know, he he de doesn't tend to shake it up a wee bit and you know give everybody the the same publicity. You know, I felt you know he said that, he, that a lot of the modified guys and things like that felt a wee bit left out la last year. He's looking to get them included and, you know, make things better for everybody. And that has to be welcomed, you know. So, Sean, the very best of luck in your new role. And he also wanted to take the opportunity, and he forgot to mention it from we were recording, was to, to thank all the sponsors involved as well, too. Sam Dick uh, Security is the overall sponsor of, of the, you know, the, the, the Rally 5, R2, or the uh, R5 Rally 2 guys. And then McAvoy Motorsport is uh, the modified. And then Synergy Motorsport and Sherwood are uh, sponsoring the Historic Championship. And then Paul Brown, Plant and Silver Engineering are sponsoring the Juniors. And then also uh, associated sponsor is Pirelli and Michelin as well too. So definitely very interesting times ahead. And we've also got the Stellantis Cup and the Saturn C3 trophy as well too. You know, So lots of stuff going on in the Tarmac Championship this year. But let's hear from Sean. Sean, you have to go on the position now of the Tarmac Association, the TROA um, manager. Um, excited about the new challenge? 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a big challenge. Um, everything won't be started out overnight. Um, I'm hoping to enhance where it has come from in the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, things look look good so far. Um, been speaking to quite a few. I've spoken to different people in the different categories so far just to get their feelings and things like that. And it's only with competitors, you know, uh, views and things like that where we can review and go forward and, you know, try and uh, accommodate where possible, you know, but it's going to be a challenge. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because, like, you know, like we see how good a health, you know, the, the main field is and the historics is, but there's a wee bit in the middle there that needs to be nurtured, I suppose, maybe would be a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I suppose yeah, we're talking about the modified there, really. I mean, you know, I suppose we're lucky in a sense that I have come up through the ranks. I've sat in every car, apart from the juniors, um that were they came after I was I passed that agent. Um but yeah, I mean the, the modified category, you know, has probably been neglected a little bit, but um I'm hoping to change that uh, going forward. And you know, we've got like we've got good um partner sponsors and everything, and, and Gary and Sharon McAvoy of Auto Fashion uh, clothing are the sponsors of that section, you know. Um I have been in contact with some of the competitors in the modified, speaking to them and asking, you know where I can go, what I can do, how we can assist, you know, and it's it's all good feedback coming back. And it just, there's a, a feel-good factor about it, I feel, you know, but that will tell, you know, we'll see how it goes in Galway um, and progress from there. You know, we, we've seven good rounds this year again, you know, so hopefully everything, and, you know, yes, they, they probably feel that they were probably neglected, and that's no fault of anybody, no. I'm not blaming anybody or anything like that. It's just that, you know, um, we need to remember that, I suppose they were the backbone of rallying for years. You know, they're the club men, you know, so we need to to make sure we look after them to the best of our ability. Yeah, because, like, you know, every entry counts in an, an entry list, whether you're car one or car 101 or car 71 or whatever, your entry is every bit as important. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, ideally, I'd love to have every competitor down to 151 and further, if they're there, to uh, get every stage going, you know. Now, circumstances happen that it won't happen some may miss out some might but you know as you say their money is as good as anyone and they are our customer at the end of the day so we need to do what we can to ensure we can get as much uh, mileage for their their interfee and everything like that mm -hmm. and like you know you talked about the you know the sponsors like you know the main you know the overall title there's you know a really good sponsor there then the the, the modified the juniors and the historics and it's good now that it's just not one, one size fits all. Every category has its own sponsor and they have their own, you know, championship and it's, it's tailored to their needs. It, it is. I mean, I suppose after COVID and everything, trying to get sponsors and things was probably going to be proving a little bit of difficulty. But like for the international there, we've got Sam Deck Security. You know, as I said, we've got Gary and Sharon for the, the modified. We've got Sherwood Engines for the historics and we've got Paul Brown Civil Engineers um, for the junior so you know and we've also Mitchell and Pirelli on board as well so you know it's it's great to have the different partners to assist us I suppose in keeping the the premier championship going in Ireland you know so here's hoping that they'll continue with us going to the future as well yeah because like there's so much positivity around you know the main field like we probably were maybe might be seen as bragging but we feel we have one of the best championships in Europe like the, the the rallying, you know, seconds, tenths of seconds separating the, the top guys. And it's really something that we should be shouting from the highest rooftops. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at last year and look how close 
the top boys were. Like I've spoken to previous um, winners and they were saying that, you know, the competition wasn't as close when they were doing it. And it, they said it's like a knife edge at the moment, yeah. you know. And then when you see the the cater or the, the, you know, the people that are coming in and already stating they're going doing Galway, like, you know, Matt Edwards, Keith Cronin, just to name a few. I've got Frank Kelly coming in for the, the modified, which is a big coup because Frank hasn't done Galway for uh, a good forever. Time. I don't think he's ever done Galway before. Actually, I'm not you? sure about the internet, but I know he's I know he's done Galway summer because I've been there with him myself a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's likes of that, and it's great to see see the locals coming in mm-hmm. to to have a go in and and you know show us what they can do in our own shores. For sure, you know? for sure. I because like you know you know like Matt Edwards is like uh, three times British champion, and yeah. he's often said that he wants to come over here and see. Because he obviously feels that this is a really good championship that, that you know will push him and help him to develop as a driver. And then Keith Crone, we don't have to say how successful Keith has been, you know, an absolute phenomenal driver. And that he wants to come back and keep his sharp, his game sharp. It just speaks volumes for Irish rally. I think so. I I, I think it's it's great to see them coming back. And as you say, with Matt coming from the BRC, Keith, you know, champion in the BRC for many times and coming back to do this, you know. Um, it's great to see them come back. And I suppose with the Citroen C3 trophy coming on board as well, that may, you know, entice a few more to partake. So we will take everybody and we look forward to to being there to assist with them in, you know, good stages, good crack, you know, yeah. family family related, effectively. Yeah. And, like, you know, you talk about good stages, like, you know, you just every event you think of, you think of, you know, West Cork, you think of Ring, you know, you, you just all the, the iconic stages you can think of, like the Turnwick Championship has all that and more. It has, it has. And like, no matter what part of the country you go to, you always have got those iconic stages in the Turnwick Championship, you know, which which is brilliant. You said, like, you've been talking about, uh, say, Rally Lakes, you've got Miles Gap, you've got, you know, the amount of stages above in Donegal. I mean, we all love those ones. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've, done a, you've had a tough rally when you do Donegal, and I, I know that as well from experience, you know. But, you know, Galway again, Galway has some great stages as well to start off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I suppose the one thing I would say about Galway from personally doing them is that I feel that once you've done Galway, you're prepared for every other stage in Ireland for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> there is such a, there's such a variety. You have the fast, quick stuff, you have the tight, uh, guttery stuff. There's, there's a, every Galway always seems to provide a bit of everything. It does, it does. And you know yourself from being out there as well that you can get every element under the sun in Galway over the weekend. Yeah. You know, be rain, hail, snow, sleet, ice. I've had them all in one rally myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I say you're well prepared with Galway, you know, yeah. so. Hey, and, the, and, the, and the Circuit Ireland this year, I believe, is going to be back to a two-day rally as well too, which is great to see as well. No, the Circuit of Ireland is one day this oh, it's year. one day. Oh, yeah, it's just day, the way yeah. it looks as if in the calendar it looks. Yeah, no, we, we, we've <laughs> got um, two three-day events, which mm-hmm. are West Cork and Donegal. We've got two two-day events, which is Galway and Rally of Lakes. And then we've got three one-days, which is Circuit of Ireland, Ulster and the Cork 20 this year. So, you know, hopefully next year we might go back to our two-day um, events and things like that. Yeah, because even, like, you know, it noticed even last year with the circuit, it added a new dynamic to it, the one-day, like a sprint, like, you know, with the likes of Donegal and uh, to a certain extent West Cork and Killarney. You know, sometimes it's a wee bit more about pacing yourself and making sure you're going to be there at the end. But when it's yeah. one day, there's no margin for error at all. Exactly. Like, if, if you get out of the blocks slowly, you're, you're struggling for the rest of the day. Yeah. Whereas, at least with a two-day, you've got some chance, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
But look, that's that's, that's not um, saying anything against the one-day events either. Mm. I mean, you know, it's great that the, the clubs are running the events and mm. that's what we need. And we need the people to keep going to the very last um, round, you know, to, to help the clubs out because um, we do need the entries everywhere. You know, we, we need to make sure that they come to to make sure that the clubs keep keep uh, above water and keep going. Yeah, and like, you, you, something there you mentioned as well too uh, as you know, the C3 Cup. Like racing rally is really getting behind this with you know the C three cup is going to be phenomenal for the, the overall and then in the the you know in the, well, we couldn't say junior category but you know like the, the rally four category the two weight and the opal adam like yes I think it's going to be a real game changer too because like we like we're old enough to remember like the two o five challenge and the you know the, the, the you know the kind of cups that brought along. You know, Colin McRae, Richard Burns, Mark Higgins, all these guys come out of these one make challenges. And this could be the start of something really special. Yeah. And, and it's nice to see something like that coming back again. Like it's been missing for a while, you know. So it's great to see it coming back and to have Arnor Racing and Citroen behind the whole lot. It's 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 a great coup for us yeah. as well in the Tarmac Championship. So it's it's you know, I'm gonna send out uh, you know, a big thank you to them for coming to us to do it as well, because you know, we're looking forward to to working with them. Yeah, because I think too often our guys had to go across the water to get, you know, to get noticed. But yes. suddenly the guys from across the water will be coming here to get noticed, which is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> you know. And and I suppose, look, when we're, we're talking about the, the WRC, maybe next year or whatever coming to Ireland, you know, these are the stages that they will probably be coming to do a bit of testing and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully we'll be looking forward to to the big teams coming. And we will be speaking to them as well, you know, to encourage them to come to us, you know. So... We've yeah. had them before. We'll have them again, hopefully. For sure, because like there is like such a, a an air of positivity uh, around Irish Rally. You know, we think of the WRC. We think of the close rally and on the stages. We are in a golden era. Like we probably don't appreciate just how good it is. We're going to look back in 10, 15 years' time and go, "Them were the days." Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I suppose again, if you think of ourselves, they're going back a couple of years ago when the WRCs were declining in numbers. You know, and then the decision was taken by the. Um, the, the rally championship, the tarmac championship, to you know make a class of their own, but bring in the R fives. Now, I, I'm, the, the rally championship did get a bit of slating from a lot of people at that time, but it just shows you know it was the right decision at the time, even though some people may not have you know thought that at the time. But you know, look at the amount of R fives we've got in the country at the minute. Yeah, you know, it, there's chatting like upwards to thirty of them starting Galway, like, which is yeah. phenomenal. And even the very first Fiesta is right up to the you know the, the current Fiesta coming out brand new now. Yes. In, in the right hands, they're both, you know, maybe the, the very first year, uh, maybe not the ultimate pace, but you'll not be far away. And, that, and that's that's so true. I, I know that um, <clears throat> I think Matt has got the R5 and, uh, well, he had an R5 at the launch the last day and, and Keith Cronin R5. So, you know, or, sorry, the, the Fiesta. So that's going yeah. to, you know, they're all coming back. They're all fairly, fairly close. And it, again, it'll be up to the, the drivers was on the day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, often, conditions. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's the it's the one up behind the seat that makes all the difference, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, but yeah. yeah, and like, and I suppose like again, we keep banging on about it that you know what MI Rally Academy's done for Irish rallying, and like some of those guys have had to go you know across to the, you know to do the BRC or they've gone on to do events in Europe. Like we'd be hoping now to encourage some of them to stay because of this new uh, Stellantis Cup. Like yeah. They were going over to compete in the BRC to compare themselves. But now the BRC guys will hopefully be coming here to do, you know, the four rounds in the tarmac here. And, the, geez, if we can get some kind of home advantage, wouldn't that be great for our young talent? 
would be brilliant because like I mean like they are they're excellent platforms for them to start off you know and and for the sport and so ideal place for them to compete of course is is our, some of our most iconic stages in the country and and that's what we have to offer in the ITRC rounds mm-hmm. you know so as you say it'd be great if they would stay here and and you know do a few more of them with us yeah uh, and like you know we like RPM and from we were growing up was phenomenal you know every Thursday night you were tuned in but the world's changed you know Everybody looks for things instantly, or if not instantly, you know, as quick as possible. Like rallying has probably been a wee bit slow to on the social media uptake, you know. But when you see the likes of Jason Jason McConnell there, who can upload a post and get maybe a million views on it, yeah. Like, social media is something that rallying probably needs to embrace more. Totally. Um, and on on that, we are in discussion with a couple of providers, but it it's. It's very hard to get it, you know, to the point where we want to get it because the costs involved, what the clubs have to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So we are still in discussion, even though we're we're fairly close to um hopefully doing the deal before before Galway. So I can't exact um, elaborate any more than that, but you you're totally right. What we're trying to do is look at, you know, social media and some clips and you know, maybe TV down the line, you know, that kind of way after the clubs on TV. You know that that's up to themselves, but we want to try and get a set kind of um, how can I say that each club will do A, B, and C, yeah. you know, um, and that's what we want the providers to do. And if they want to do extras, that's extra for the club to do and things like that, you know. But again, it's up to the the directors and the clubs of the ITRC to decide exactly what what coverage they want. So, other than that, we are close to, but it's it's taking a while, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. We do need the social media. You know? Yeah, because you know, like it's a whole, it's a whole, and I don't fully understand it. I don't claim to understand it, but like, that's what the young people want, and we we need young people in the sport as well. We do, we do. I, look, we need to encourage the, the youngsters to come back in. We need to get them involved in it. But you know, where do we start? How do we get them? We need to get them into a club level as well. We need to entice them to come in, and as you say, social media. I mean, they're on everything. They're on. You know, iPhones, laptops, you name it, they will be checking and looking at it. And that's where we need to to work with the, the youngsters and get them into the J1000s, get them into the juniors, get them in, you know, um, try and encourage them to get get there with us. Because at the moment, when you look at it, it's kind of a son of a father who's competing. You know, mm-hmm. there are hundreds of more out there who'd love to do it. And they're the ones that we need to start looking at as well. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, like I know from going to events, like it's the same marshals you see everywhere. A lot of the times it's the same group guys, it's, you know, or guys and girls that's organising the events. And, you know, maybe not the nicest way of putting it, but the age profile is getting older and older. We need young people to come in into the sport at all levels to keep our sport alive. Absolutely. And, and I totally agree with you about the marshal. I mean, I go marshalling myself and I know like that when I went, I think it was a facet rally there a couple of months ago. At the meeting point, I'd say the average age was closer to 60. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, and that's not derogatory. It's great that everybody comes out at those mm-hmm. ungodly hours when we have to go out there and do the do the roles. But again, we need to encourage it. But I know um, Imai are bringing in that you can have a, a junior marshal now, I think, from 16, which is, you know, a step forward. Yeah. You know, no, they won't be left on their own from what I'm no. hearing. They have to go with a a seasoned marshal, but that's where we all begin. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody has anybody that, they know is of interest to come along please come along join the club you know we will we will show them everything that we can mm-hmm. and like i suppose now starting to wrap up like you know what is your hope ahead of this year is it to get 
more people registering for the championship and coming and competing in the championship and seeing it out? I well, first of all, I'd like to see as many as I can to register, and of course, I'd love to see them going all the way and you know budget to do all our rounds. <laughs> um, as I said to you, we've got three one-day events this year, so that should assist in budgeting a little bit. You know, I know we've got <laughs> three-day events and things like that, but like we've got quality stages, we've got quality people out there, and everything like that. And you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with the competitors. And if any competitor has any query or question, which there has been numerous rounds that have called me, rang me, etc., about things, I will do my utmost to get an answer. I will reply immediately or, you know, as quickly as I can. And I, I will do what I can to, to encourage them to stay with us. Yeah, Sean. So all I can say is, you know, like there's so much positivity with Round Rally. In, and I really hope that this season is all you hope for. And, you know, we deserve the best in this island because, you know, there is, that rally and it's such a good place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, we could be out every weekend rallying if we wished. Mm-hmm. That's basically, you know, between forestry, national and, and uh, the Tarmac Championship. So, you know, um, it's a great island. There's plenty of cars out there. There's plenty of brilliant drivers, navigators, etc. like that. So I'm looking forward to the year, I'll be honest with you. So I'm hoping, you know, it will be positive all the way through. So thanks there to Sean. So, Connor, it's going to be a, like a fascinating year once again in the Tarmac Championship, isn't it? It is. It's great. You know, it's great that there's new initiatives and, uh, you know, like everybody needs that bit of PR. The, the champion needs the P- championship needs the PR. The individual rallies need the PR and the competitors need the PR. So it'll be great if there is, a, you know, a few new things happening there to, to promote it. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, you know, you know, we know the figures are great every week, but, you know, please continue to like, share, rate, subscribe. You know, all those things makes a huge difference, you know, to the, the way this way the, the podcast performs. You know, keep doing what you're doing. It's gratefully appreciated. And like, if you can, can like and, sh- and subscribe, that makes a huge difference. So please, if you, if you get the opportunity, please do that there. So until the next time, take care and speak soon and bye. <laughs>